sin. But you brought us into a magnificent, splendid life. Life with you. Empowered by you. Filled with you. Holy Spirit, reveal to us even today that which you have planned for us. That we're in the kingdom for such a time as this. And everything that you've called us to do, you've empowered us to do by the Spirit of the living God. That we're not left without help and without hope, without strength, but you've given us everything that we have need of. We're so grateful and we're so thankful for that. There's nothing that you can't do. And you desire to do things in the world through your church, even now. So we thank you for that relationship that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful and we're so thankful. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place that you might minister to every heart and in every life. As you live on the inside of believers that you bring forth revelation and as the word comes forth, you cause us to not just hear what is said, but begin to translate what we're hearing into everyday life for us, that we're no longer just struggling to try to do something that's written on a page, but we now are infused with the life of what is written. We're able to live it out with power, with joy, with strength, reflecting the very light and the very splendor of the life that is on the inside of us. We thank you for equipping us for that very ministry, to go out and to be lights in the midst of a dark world. We're so thankful for gifts that you've placed within the body to equip us. And so we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and in every life by your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Welcome to 1030 service at New Creation Church. We are so glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us today, we just pray that something in the fellowship with the believers, something as we were singing and worshiping God, something in the Word of God today will bless you. It will equip you to go out to minister to others. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. That revelation will come that Jesus is exactly who the Bible says that He is. He came to forgive your sin so that you might enter into a relationship with Him. What a great and glorious day that we get to celebrate. It's the day the Lord's made. We get to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, The life of God dwells in me, and the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory under every circumstance, in every situation, and every place you go. And that victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. If you believe that, you can be seated. If not, remain standing, and we'll get you some help. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just a little shop work here real quick for whoever whoever will uh, take care of this. I just noticed that we have a crack beginning to run through this pulpit, so um, whatever we need to do to get that taken care of before... It runs away with us. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, what a great day to be alive. Amen. What a great day to be alive. Hallelujah. We're so blessed and honored, uh, privileged. You know, I've known, uh, I guess you said, what, 43 years? 43 years uh, 
met Brother Joe when we were going to Bible school and, and really knit together, I believe, a divine connection. He's been here many times, and, uh, you know, uh, not to get too informal or too comfortable, uh, but, you know, we have a lot of uh, personal acquaintances that we know, and so somebody, you know, Alan made mention of this, somebody told us how much Brother Joe loves onions, and so one service uh, a number of years ago, um, we just decided to really take a special offering for him, and uh, so we took an onion offering, uh, and really y'all were just, I mean, you, you overdid it, I mean, somebody gave him a sheath of golf ball onions and a necklace, which, uh, you know, he probably still wears around today, he loves them so much. But uh, all that to be said, you know, uh, Joe just really, uh, we've just had a great time, great relationship over the years. But, but seriously, God has really called him and appointed him uh, with an anointing. He's a gift to the body of Christ. And right now, uh, one of the messages that God has given him on the last days is vitally, vitally important to the church. What God showed him about the last days is that it's not doom and gloom. But what an exciting, exciting day for the church. And so he brings a perspective of it that when we receive that, it's really just life changing. It's, it's, uh, it stirs us. And I'll let him tell you about that. But it's just such a, an important message for today. And it's not just a message, but he's empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to bring that as well as he operates and just flows with the Holy Spirit. So uh, open up your hearts and put your hands together. Give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to Brother Joe Morris as he comes to minister to us. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Amen. Thank you. Good to be with you. Praise the Lord. Man, can you believe we went to Ramah 43 years ago, uh, 1980. We had so much fun, though. We probably the first three or four months, I was with he and his buddy Kent, and uh, we were together all the time. But we were hungry for the Lord. I love uh, your pastor's consistency and how they've been contending over the years for everything the Lord has for you. Don't you love that he's brought you stuff that changed you? Amen. Give him a hand. Amen. Uh, you know, not just the will of God for all of our lives, but uh, just how normal they are. You know, I'm a big, big normal thing about when pre preachers, I want normal. Because my mom, as a kid, took me around to a lot of meetings, like Catherine Kuhlman or whatever, and different ones. And I thought, you know, I'm not weird enough to be in the ministry. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> er everybody I saw was kind of goofy. And I just like that they're the real deal. And, uh, and, and what you see is what you get. And their heart is to strengthen you and bless you. And for you to walk in the fullness of, of all that he's given you. So I'm blessed just to be with you. We do have a lot of fun. And to have uh, Kurt and Elizabeth come from all the way from, how many, how many hours are, are you guys live from here? Four and a half. They came a long ways to come to the meetings for four and a half hours. Praise the Lord. Give them a hand. Amen. God bless you guys. The Lord has them involved with a bunch of different preachers. I think he knows every single end times guy on the planet. And uh, I, he, I think he talked to Ronald Reagan the other day, but I don't think so. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm messing with you. Yeah, so glad you came this morning. I know your, your lives are all super busy, but there's something about taking the time to come hear the word. And uh, there, there's no uh, replacement for that. The incorruptible seed, when it's sown, it grows up and it becomes. I, I think of my mother as a kid in uh, 19... 70, she took me to a Kenneth Hagin meeting, and then she turned into a, a, like a confession lady. She'd have confession packs. We'd go water skin. She'd have her confession packs. Uh, you know, whatever we were doing, she had her confession packs. I mean, she was word, 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 word. I couldn't go to sleep without doing my confessions. 
The same confessions I made my own daughter do. You know, I hearken unto the voice of the Lord, stranger's voice I do not follow. I trust the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understandings. All my ways I acknowledge him. He directs my path. In his pathway there is light and there is no darkness at all. The pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. I could go on to what my mother made me say every night. And uh, there's something about that word that gets in you. People go, well, you guys are a bunch of word people. That's exactly right. Because it'll change you forever. And what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, we want to walk in the fullness of it. So it's not about just hearing a message. It's implementing that message so we can get more people saved. Hallelujah. So I know we're close to the coming of the Lord. And sometimes people were like, well, what's the whole purpose of hearing teaching on the coming of the Lord? Is he just wants you excited, wants you happy. Paul said, I'm telling you this about the rapture so you'll be happy and hopeful. I have a pastor that uh, I went to Raymond with. And uh, uh, she goes, I was dreading having you come. But I knew I was supposed to have you come preach in my church. Because she was ought to be bad news and she was happy. And I said at last service, people come up to me afterwards and go, I've been lied to my entire life. I was taught to be afraid of the coming of the Lord. Isn't that sad? So there's nothing but wonderful things ahead for the church. It is an interesting time for the world. Very scary time. Very sobering time. Very sobering even for the church. But in the midst of that, the joy that exceeds that, it's just like when you're going to get married. The night before you get married, you're excited. I, I never seen people bummed out the night before they got married. So the same mentality should be there uh, as we approach the coming of the Lord. And I said it, you know, it's good to have a few testimonies. Uh, I've seen more miracles since I've been preaching on the coming of the Lord than when I preached on miracles. For about probably 15 years, 20 years, I preached on how to get the power through you, not just to you. And the Lord had told me to preach on end times, and I told him I didn't want to. And then all of a sudden, every invitation was end times, end times, end times, end times. Like, okay, I get it. I'll teach on end times. Here we go. But, you know, uh, it's amazing, his kindness and his goodness. I'll give you one. I was in Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, Ed and Marinelle Stevens are the pastors. And I had a word of knowledge that somebody had a metal plate in their head. I have weird words of knowledge. So I just said, you're healed. I didn't even know what that meant. But I said, well, you're healed. This lady came walking up to us. You know how when you finish the service, you kind of stand around and talk? I was standing there talking to Pastor Ed Marinelle. This woman comes walking up, and she goes, you know, I got a loose screw. I said, excuse me? <laughs> And I said, well, we all have a loose screw. But anyway, she goes, no, no, I really have a loose screw. I go, what do you mean? She goes, I have a metal plate in my head. And the doctors want to open this flap up, and they want to tighten that screw down. I said, how do you know the screw is loose? She goes, I can shake my head. I can feel it moving. I go, man, that's so strange. She said, when I called that out, she felt that screw tighten down in her head. I mean, that's weird. I mean, that's bizarre. Uh, Monty and Peggy Knudsen's church, I had a word that someone uh, couldn't write. Never even heard of that. I said, there's somebody here you can't write. And I said, you're healed. After the service, we're standing there talking to some people. This guy came walking up. He was bawling uncontrollably. I thought I said something to offend him. He said, I've never written before in my entire life. He said, it's a disease kind of like dyslexia. And uh, he said, when I called that out, he said, I wrote a poem about the coming of the Lord. Never written before in his life. Amen. God's so kind and so good. I was in Marietta, California, and they'd brought these golfers from the Nike tour or whichever tour it was, the Hogan tour, kind of just below the PGA tour. And they had never been in a Holy Ghost type church. So at the end of the service, I had a word of knowledge that someone had damage in their calf. I said, it looks like varicose veins, but it's not varicose veins. Uh, you got hit by a, a two before and it, it damaged one of your arteries. And this man yells out, damn. He cusses right there in church. <laughs> Screamed the cuss word out. And uh, uh, he goes, that's me. He came down. And uh, I prayed for him, and I didn't know this. The pastor told me this the other day. He cussed on the way coming down some more. I thought, well, I didn't hear him do that because so, I guess everybody was laughing, and I didn't hear him say it, but he cussed a bunch more times. So the Lord's so cool, he'll heal you while you're cussing in church. Amen. 
His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. So, so grab your Bibles and let's go to Matthew 24. And let's look at a couple things we can uh, get into about how close we are to his return. And uh, the whole purpose is he's got great things for you. And I do like this. The Holy Spirit's already said things about you. He's seen you. He said you would know your God, you'd be strong, and you'd do exploits. So there's something about knowing God, knowing his goodness, his mercy, his kindness, knowing that he's for you, he's not against you. I hear word of faith people teaching right now that God's going to put sickness on you to teach you something. And that's satanic. That's insane. I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine people thinking like that. And you know, my daughter, Lauren, I have two grandkids. Never once, Lauren, on the way to school did I go, now, honey, I'm going to have to pull over and break your leg so you can learn more today. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's insane. Well, we got quiet in this Presbyterian church there. In other words, that would be insane to say that, right? But you got word people, or semi-word people, I might say, teaching that God wants to hurt you to, to teach you. Thank God we know that's not Bible. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, well, the Lord's going to take you through the storm. No, the devil creates the storm to try to kill you. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. <laughs> Start the car. I'll be right there. All right. Let's pray. and Let's get right into it because he's going to show us how close we are to his coming back to the planet. Lord, we love you. Thank you for dying for us. We have such an amazing awe and appreciation that you would let yourself be so brutally murdered that, Lord, we'd be redeemed from the curse of the law, that we would get to go to heaven and be with you forever, have our bodies healed on the earth. We thank you for what you did for us at Calvary. Help us see every facet of what you did. We thank you for the authority that you've given every believer in this room. You've given us all the name of Jesus. We thank you for that wonderful name that you've given us, that we could be equipped, heavenly equipment for the last days. We thank you for it. And Lord, as we see these truths about your return, we, we make changes to accelerate. We thank you for a season of acceleration, a season of doing the will of God, that, Father, we'd not lag behind, but we would do everything that you called us all to do. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for new grace, new boldness to walk with you, that Jesus would be glorified. Jesus would be exalted. Lord, receive the honor that's due your name in this room. Lord, be magnified and glorified. We thank you for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. amen. Go to Matthew 24, and as we go there, uh, we, we get into this because Paul talked about the baptism 12 times, coming of the Lord 52 times. For every one verse there is about the first coming of the Lord, eight times more about the second coming. Very documented. You think about the prophecies that were involved with the first coming of the Lord, uh, the 19 individual ones where it was prophesied he'd be born in Bethlehem of the tribe of Judah. He would enter into Jerusalem on a colt. He'd be given away for 35 pieces of silver. It would go to buy a potter's field. They, they would gamble over his robe. They'd put a crown of thorns on him. It would get dark in the middle of the day while he's on the cross. You know what the odds are of all those prophecies coming to pass in one generation? It's 480 trillion times a billion times another trillion. It's 480 with 33 zeros afterwards. Even in science, after so many zeros, it didn't happen by chance. There's no way it could happen by chance. It was a miracle. Amen? So, so God said things and saw them come to pass. And it brings authenticity to the Bible. So he's going to show us some things here in Matthew 24, what the earth would look like just before he comes. And then he'll even get more detailed. Why would he want you and I to know that? So that we'd have a heads up. And that's what he said. When you see these things coming to pass, lift up your heads, your redemption is drawing nigh. Indicating you could be downtrodden right before the coming of the Lord. He doesn't want you downtrodden, he wants you happy. But just like when you're getting married, he didn't want you bummed out the night before you get married. Come on, he wants you happy. How many of you were happy the night before you got married? 
All right, praise God. Good. I mean, you didn't, the night before you got married, you didn't go, oh, tomorrow's the bad day. No. Uh, it, 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 you weren't freaked out. You were excited. There was an anticipation, an expectancy. Well, Jesus is just about to come back. So let's watch what he says here about a couple of things. Go to uh, Matthew 24, look at verse 1. Jesus explains some things here in verse 1. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Hey, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world, or the end of the age? So the Lord didn't get mad at them for asking. He, he showed them what it was going to look like. Now, he's talking to Jewish men here because he hadn't been raised from the dead yet. So he's going to show them some symptoms before the trib. And his answer is really tribulation. Because after the resurrection, it's all, all the, the verbiage changes. You think about in Luke 21, Jesus said to the disciples, Man, this is a key to understanding end-time prophecy. This is a key to understanding end-time prophecy. In the Gospels, he's talking about the second coming. In the epistles, he's talking about the rapture. Because in Luke, he tells the boys, pray that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. I am worthy. Let that get in you, because after the resurrection, you are worthy. He made you perfect. Amen? Same thing with the ten virgins. If you don't have oil in your lamp, you won't go up. He's not talking to the church there. He's talking to Jewish men there that need oil in their lamp. I don't need oil in my lamp. I got the maker of the oil in me. Now, see, it's quiet to say that because people on TV preach stuff, and it scares you. And it makes a wonderful picture for their newsletter. But you know what? Truth sets you free. You don't have to manipulate people to get them to come to church. You give them Bible. It'll set you free. Amen? Jesus paid the penalty for all, everything Adam did wrong, so the Lord's not mad at you this morning. Amen? But talking to Jewish boys, Jesus flawlessly fulfilled the law. So you see him doing that here. So watch what he says. He says, take heed that no man deceive you. In verse 4. Many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. He goes, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, in your Bible there, verse 9, is the beginning of the tribulation period. So he said there's going to be some pressure on the earth just before the tribulation. And then you get into verse 9, on to verse 22. That's the tribulation. Isn't that amazing that he's answering their question and says there's going to be a seven-year period that's going to get people's attention. So before that, he talks about a few things that have happened. And man, in verse 8, he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. That's the word birth pains, or we would say contractions. We don't say sorrows or birth pains. We say contractions. How many of you ladies, when you started getting ready to have your baby, when the contractions got some more severe, did you think, well, I think I'll go uh, bowling today? No, no. When the contractions got so severe, it got you to the hospital. So he's saying here there'll be some things on the earth that you won't be able to ignore. So COVID you couldn't ignore. There's earthquakes you can't ignore. I mean, you got asteroids you can't ignore. You got all these tangible things happening that you can't ignore. And we'll go into all the, the specific signs here in a little bit, but there's about 80 signs of the coming of the Lord. Jesus said, if you see two of them, you're that generation. Pretty radical. So we're blessed to have a heads up. So, I mean, you think about it, when, when you had your baby, when you had the contractions, after the baby was born, you didn't talk about how wonderful the contractions were. You didn't go, man, those were just the best I've ever seen. No, no, you, you talked about the baby. 
You, your focus wasn't on the contractions, but what was coming after the contractions. So here he's saying, focus on the kingdom of God that's coming. Don't focus on the pressure that'll be on the earth, because there is pressure on the earth. And there's coming a seven-year period called the tribulation that we think of it as judgment, but really it's just pressure put on people to make a decision. Because some people wait till the very last minute. I remember I was preaching in Keith Johnson's church in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. This is the man that raised Willie George, basically taught Willie George all the stuff that started his ministry. And I was preaching there, and I gave the altar call, and a 96-year-old man raised his hand. I, I, I said, you don't even have to come down. I'll come to you. And I talked to him and introduced him to Jesus. We prayed together. His wife was there. His son was there. He'd never been to church ever. Well, you know, the next day I left for the airport to fly back to Tulsa. And Pastor Johnson called me and said, man, that 96-year-old man went home to be with the Lord last night. So you cut it kind of close there. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, you don't want to wait till the last day on the planet. So the whole tribulation period is going to be a period of pressure for seven years to get people to make a decision. I call it fireworks. You know, when I was in high school, every single date I went on with a girl, I had a certain spot I would pull over, and I'd open up my trunk, and I'd shoot fireworks off. So I'd, I'd be able to say, you can't say you didn't see fireworks when, when you went out with me, praise the Lord. Now, so as bad as that is, I wanted to make the date memorable, okay? So that seven-year period is going to be memorable, Okay? I mean, water turns to blood. Asteroids are hitting. So there's pressure on people because he loves them so much, he doesn't want them to go to hell. So that's what's coming for the earth, seven years of tribulation. So let's get into this. Go back to Isaiah. Let's look at see why we get into this. I had a guy say to me one time, he said, Joe, if you preach on the coming of the Lord, you'll just get everybody's hopes up. I said, duh, that's exactly right. It's the hope that purifies you even as you're pure. So there's something about hearing on, on the coming of the Lord that produces joy. If you hear about preaching on the coming of the Lord and it scares you, it's not Bible. I know a guy that said to me, he goes, you know, I can't preach on the coming of the Lord anymore because it scares my people. I said, then you're preaching it wrong then. Because there's only wonderful things for the church. Now, for the world, it's very scary. But for you and I, wonderful things. You're about to see the king. Mm, 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 mm. All right, go back to Isaiah. Grab your Bibles there. Go back with me. Let's go on a little journey for a minute. Isaiah 46. This is one of the coolest verses in the Bible. It's wonderful for, for, for witnessing. Isaiah chapter 46, look at verse 9. Remember the former things of old. I'm God, there's none else. I'm God, there's none like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now that's pretty cool. God's just saying here, this is how you can tell I'm God. I can tell you the future. It really is amazing. He brings authenticity to the Bible by showing you a prophecy. A third of this book is prophecy. Why do I say that? You can be witnessing somebody, and they'll go, well, I don't believe there's a God. Well, this, this God shows you what's going to happen before it happens. You can talk to a Buddhist. You can talk to a Muslim. Their book doesn't give you future. This is the only book that gives you future. Ezekiel prophesied the year Israel will be regathered, happened to the year. Uh, Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come, exactly to the year, flawless. And once we get into this, there's verse after verse after verse that shows us how clear it is. But listen to this. Let me read this to you. It's really cool. The first 10 names of guys in the Bible, what they mean. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Mahiliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. And Noah means rest. Put them all together. This is the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings a despairing rest. 
gives you the entire plan of redemption through the first 10 names of guys in the Bible. I don't have time today, but there's a verse. There's a Jewish man on YouTube. He's got a, a, a teaching, 104 minutes with the word beginning, draws it out, shows you everything about the entire plan of God from one word. It shows you how cool your dad is. He's absolutely amazing. I mean, you think about it. We have 100 billion galaxies with 100 billion stars like our sun just so you'd have twinkle lights at night. They serve no purpose for us other than look out and go, wow. I mean, God just thinks totally different than we do. If we were going to make the earth, we'd build four birds, a pink one, a blue one, and a red one. And God made so many birds, you've got to go to college for 10 years to study birds. Same thing with fish. I mean, God, he, he just thinks extravagant. You know you're getting into God's thought pattern when you start thinking extravagant. There's nothing about him that's normal or average. Everything about him is amazing. You think about tires. You know, what makes tires more expensive is how flawless the circle is. If you're gonna, if you, the faster you're going to go, if you're in Germany, if you're going 150 or 160, the, the roundness of the tire has to be flawless because any little bit about a round causes vibration. We can't make a perfect circle mathematically. Man can't. But you know what? Every single planet is a flawless mathematical circle because he's God. Wow. So with that, he can tell us what's going to happen before it happens. So we can rest. He's watching over his word to perform it. Hallelujah. All right, grab your Bibles there. Now run with me to Luke, and we're going to look at some of the signs of the second coming, not of the rapture, because the rapture is signless, and the rapture happens about seven years before the second coming. So if we can see all these things that point to the second coming, think how much closer you are to the rapture of the church. Now don't be afraid about that. It's exciting. We're going to get a brand new body. There is no downside. And I hear people go, well, I don't want the Lord to come back because I got so much in my heart. Well, it's because you're going to live forever. The rapture is not ending. It's the beginning. You're tasting of the powers of the world to come. Uh, We're setting up what we're going to be doing. You're writing your resume for what you'll be doing during the millennium. That that went over good. The Bible says if you're faithful over so much, you rule over 10 cities, you rule over two cities. I don't want to be ruling over somewhere in Louisiana during the millennium. Come on. I I want to be here in Colorado with you guys. Come on. Amen. This is the place. Praise the Lord. Where I grew up, the state bird was the mosquito. Thank you. Amen. This place is wonderful. Hallelujah. So let's go look at these. These signs are to help us see where we are and to see how close we are to his return. So look at Luke 21. Look at verse 24. Jesus is going to be super, super clear here. Verse 24. They'll fall by the edge of the sword and they'll be led away captive unto all nations. And Jerusalem will be trodden out of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So we know what happened in 1967. You had the Six-Day War. Jerusalem was won back. And here Jesus ties timing to that. That's pretty amazing. That the, the cities won back and the Lord goes, man, when you see that happen, you can tell the times of the nations pretty much up. Now, why is that a big deal? Remember, Jerusalem's the deal. If you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. The Bible said Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. The war of all wars is going to be over a piece of real estate called the Temple Mount. I mean, think about it. If you ever sold real estate, what's the big deal? Location, location, location. And Lucifer wants that spot where Jesus is going to reign forever. Wow. The Bible says at the second coming, there's going to be a great earthquake. And that area is going to go up. That valley will come apart. There will be an earthquake. And the land will go up 120 feet, 150 feet. And the, and the water that's in the Dead Sea is going to go by the throne where Jesus is. The water gets near him. And it goes out and quickens all the waters in the earth. Man, he's so full of life that all it does is get close to him. 
know what? He's not close to you. He's in you. Come on. So there's some changes coming for the earth. The earth's getting ready to have the entrance of the king. You talk about protocol. I mean, you think about Prince Charles having a coronation. You're about to go to a private ceremony after the rapture and see a private coronation of the king. And then at the second coming, all the earth's going to bow in adoration. And there'll be a coronation like you've never seen before, man. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Bible says it'll be a day where the, the sun will not give its light. The, the stars will fall from heaven. The only light that will be will be in the face of Jesus. And you talk about radiation coming back to the earth. Remember that evangelist Richard Sigmund? He was, died in a car wreck and he was up in heaven with the Lord for a few days. And he came back alive after four days. He was in the morgue. Could you imagine working in the morgue and a guy comes back to life? I think I could run pretty fast if I worked at the morgue right there. I'd be like, I'm out of here, man. But anyway... He, he was sitting there in heaven and looked up and he saw the sunrise. He thought, oh, I hadn't even thought about a sunrise in heaven. Looked up and it was Jesus walking up over the hill. The only thing he could equate to the brightness in his face was the sun coming up. And we're about to see him face to face. So that's why we get into end times, the excitement and joy of all of a sudden seeing the king. Wow. So here you see this in, in, in verse 24. Jesus talks about Jerusalem. We know the Six-Day War. Remember all the, the, the nations that came against Israel to annihilate it. I talked about it in the first service. You had Egypt coming down with 88 tanks right down on Israel. And an Israeli cook, one cook, he said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. He learns how to uh, jump into that tank, figures out how to load shells into the turret. And I bet he didn't even know how to point the thing. He starts firing shells at the Egyptian army. And within a, a few hours, the Egyptian commander comes out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest ranking officer. And that Israeli cook said, highest ranking officer is just me. And that Egyptian said, oh, no, it's not just you. The whole countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night. We, we can't take it anymore. So we see divine intervention. There's miracle after miracle after miracle for Jerusalem to be won back. Why? Because time's up. Wow. So that's pretty bold that that happened so we could see that. But watch him get even clearer in verse 29. He spake to them a parable. He said, look at the fig tree. That's the nation of Israel. When Israel was regathered in 1948. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer our harvest is nigh at hand. He said, so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, run into the woods and freak out. No, he says in verse 31, likewise, when you see these things come to pass, what things come to pass? Israel regathered in Jerusalem and back. When you see these things come to pass, look at the next word, no. What's knowing for? It brings boldness. He said, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So he said the Israel being regathered in Jerusalem and back, it could show you something that you could know you're close to his return. But then the next verse, he gets even bolder in verse 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation, what generation? The one that sees Israel regathered in Jerusalem one back. That generation won't pass away till all is fulfilled. Wow. Then he goes, heaven and earth will be altered, but you can't change this. The group that sees these two, you're it. So, so tag, we're it. We, we, we are blessed. Pastor Mark said it. We, we, we were destined for the last days. We're, we're a runner that would take the message and go forward in it. Look what's happened with the healing revival from 1948 to 1957. Uh, God was healing people all over the earth. There were so many miracles in Tulsa. Raymond T. Ritchie preached. They had to take flatbed trucks to haul the wheelchairs off because there were so many miracles. 
You had A.A. Allen. They, they had so many miracles. A.A. Allen had a, a miracle in Birmingham, Alabama. A baby had no arms, no legs, had a, a holes for a nose and a mouth. The baby got arms and legs and a, a brand new eyes right there in front of everybody. A. Allen's preaching and said, I, I, I see this car coming from Tennessee down into Alabama. And here the baby gets recreated right there in front of everybody. And then the stretcher section got healed. Every single person in the stretcher section. Uh, everybody turned over there. They were instantly healed. There was a busload of blind people that were late for the meeting. This was midway through the service. They come walking in the back door. Every single blind person got their sight. Amen. Let me just tell you, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. 1907, Chain Wiseman invented TNT, helped uh, England win World War I. What happened in 1907? Azusa revival. 1917, Allen be, be flies into the land of Israel. And uh, they passed out leaflets before he came. He's an Australian general. And it said, uh, uh, boy, it's amazing. It said, Allenby's coming. Allenby's coming. And in Arabic, his name meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. So in 1917, the land was given to Israel. What happened in 1917? Kenneth Hagin was born. The Lord appeared to his mother and told him to name him John. She didn't name him John. She named him Kenneth. Don't you love that? You argue with God over who you're supposed, what you're supposed to name your child. Well, she didn't name him John. She named him Kenneth. But you know what? Guess what Hagin means in the Hebrew? Can't get this wrong. Hagin in the Hebrew means one to go before, to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Same definition as John the Baptist. So in 1907, you got to remove 1917. What happened in 1948 when Israel's regathered? Healing revival. What happened in 67 when Jerusalem was going back? Charismatic renewal. Every person in this room is a part of that destiny. Amen. Why? The king's about to come back. Woo, hallelujah. So we're blessed. So let's go, let's go through the signs. Just, there, there's some that have happened so recently that just still blow my mind. You had fish show up in the Dead Sea last year. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. You had the Dead Sea turn blood red last year where Sodom and Gomorrah was. What day did it turn blood red? On the Day of Atonement. You had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. Wow. That's pretty crazy. You have 172 different species of predatory birds start showing up in the land. Why? God calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up. After the Ezekiel 38 war, seven years later, after the battle of Arnageddon, he calls on the fowl of the air to clean the land up again. So you got birds in position. You got fish in position. You got Israel regathered. You got Jerusalem won back. You got the Hebrew language restored. You know what? 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now they all speak Hebrew. I was getting ready to meet with Ariel Sharon one year. A buddy of mine was getting me to go down there to meet with him. Now, I'm from a small town in Louisiana. I'm a hillbilly. So I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing going in and meet with Ariel Sharon? My buddy's got me in there, and there's the pictures of gold in my ear and Ixac Rabin and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, uh, I'll get me a pencil that has some Hebrew writing on it. That'd be cool. I went and grabbed the pencil, and it was made in Iowa. I thought, man, that's not cool. <laughs> I want an Israeli pencil. Well, as I was standing there, I could hear them walking down the hallway. And they're speaking perfect Hebrew. hundred years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now they all do. Because God said he would do that. Amazing. All right. After that, you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back. 18,000 airlifted in one day. C-130s went down into Ethiopia and brought them out. The, the passenger manifest on the plane was 180 passengers. And when they landed, they had 187. There were seven babies born on that one flight. That happened on flight after flight after flight. CNN headline news. Chuck Roberts said, this is in 1992. He said, an exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. 
Wow. Remember when CNN's preaching about what the Lord's doing? You better lift up your heads. Jesus is about to come back. Amen. So you have all these things happening. you got the revival of the Roman Empire. The United States of Europe, they have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. I flew from Norway down to France. They don't even stamp your passport anymore because it's the United States of Europe. Their capital building, you should Google this today, their capital building is not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. You can go there and look at all the markings on the inside. They're all from Nebuchadnezzar. The art out in front of the building is a molecule of iron and clay magnified. Because that's what Daniel saw was iron and clay, the last nations before the coming of the Messiah. You had Russia last year rebuild the archway for Baal worship in Palmyra. Why is that a big deal? Palmyra was the Tower of Babel was. Russia rebuilt the arch so they could have Baal worship. Why? The Talmud says that's the last sign you'll see before the Messiah comes. It's radical. History Channel. Ready for this one? Bishop Malachi in the year 1129 AD. This is the History Channel. He was the Catholic bishop that, that saw all the popes that would be on the earth and got the coat of arms correctly. Now, the coat of arms is real detailed, like when an Irish person or a Scottish person or an English person, the coat of arms was their family history. The, the coat of arms for the pope was for, he's a naval pope or a praying pope or a worshiping pope. Very detailed. 114 out of 114. The, the, the History Channel said that's statistically impossible. Only a God can do that. Guess what pope we have right now? 114. Guess what that Pope said two weeks ago? There is no hell. Twice. The Pope said there is no such thing as hell. So I'm telling you all this because Jesus is just about to come back. You can go through sign after sign after sign after sign after sign and it's there. You have the Temple Mount Institute in the old city of Jerusalem. Their last names are Cohen, means priest. They've been going to school for 30 years to be priests. Right after we're raptured, they're going to go back to seven years of Old Covenant time, and they're going to start having sacrifices to pay for their sin. You have all of that group in position right now. You had Jacob, a lineage of Jacob's sheep show up a few years ago, uh, 20,000 of them. You had the ointment that they need for the red heifers. Now listen to this ointment. There's a worm that secretes this ointment, that it's red when it secretes it. And when they rub it on the, the animal, it, three days later it turns white. Though your sins be scarlet, they be white as snow. So all these little things are there that you're like, oh my God, that's happening, that's happening, that's happening. Why? Jesus is just about to come back. Russia went into Crimea. Russia went into Ukraine. So if God can get fish in position, Russia in position, birds in position, the Temple Mount Institute in position, what's the church doing? The church is going, oh, we've been hearing the Lord's coming all of our lives. Well, the Bible says there'd be scoffers in the last day saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's not right. Know what happened? The flood came. Methuselah was a walking timepiece for them. The year that Methuselah died, the flood came. How would you like to have a name? When I die, you're going to die too. Wouldn't that be weird? You go meet somebody. When I'm toast, you're toast. I would have been feeding Methuselah. I'd have gone, you okay, buddy? You got food? Is everything all right? So he was a walking timepiece for them. And the year that he died, the flood came. So change came when no one believed a change is coming. Now, you have people in the Word of Faith circles, even in the Word circles, going, oh, we've been hearing the Lord's coming back. He's not coming back. I'm telling you what, He is coming back. And when you have all of the signs that point to how close it is, it is to push us to do the will of God. Signs aren't to scare us, they're to get us excited. How, I mean, how, what could be cooler than all of a sudden getting a glorified body, and then all of a sudden being at the throne of God, 
You'll see the rainbow about the throne, and we'll see, we'll see our king right there, and we'll go, how could they have killed him? How could the humility of Jesus, how could he have been murdered for us? You'll be there as a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Crystal is the only element that you can't hide a flaw. We'll be flawless before the throne of God. You talk about worship, you talk about adoration, my friend, we're gonna, there'll be something coming out of our heart like we've never even seen before. We'll give him honor, we'll give him glory. Hallelujah. That's what the cherubim say when they go around. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. So that's so soon. That's why uh, when we hear about the coming of the Lord, it's not just a message. It's to show you how much he loves you. He loves you. Not mad at you. Not frustrated with you. He loves you. It's so radical that he'd give his life for you. That's how much he loves you. So this morning, he's not frustrated with you. He loves you. Praise God. Okay, so you got sign, 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 sign. You keep going. My favorite sign is men will be lovers themselves. They're selfie sticks. I mean, how crazy is that? I can't imagine I'd ever be in a generation where people took photographs of themselves over and over and over again. I mean, it's just bizarre, but it's there, isn't it? Amen? So you have that, and then you've got signals. You've got not only signs of the coming of the Lord, you've got traffic signals. You had blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacle. I, remember, I mean, that's a huge deal. We don't talk about that a lot, but the, the moon turned blood red four in a row on Passover Tabernacles. Passover and Tabernacles. When's the last time that happened on Passover and Tabernacles? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel's made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of Expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. So significant dates with Israel. You had the heavens signaling us. I remember when I was praying some things out. I was in uh, Grosbeck, Texas before the first blood red moon. I was walking in my uh, hotel room praying in tongues. Just getting ready for the service. All of a sudden I started praying out April to see, April to see, April to see. I started calling people. What are we going to see in April? What's the deal about April? You know, and I forgot I'd been preaching about the blood red moons for almost 10 years. I even put posters up behind me of the blood red moons. And the first one was in April. So that first blood red moon, I got out in my backyard. Collie and I, my wife did. We got out there. I built an outdoor fire, you know. And it was actually cold that night in Tulsa. It was like 30-something degrees. And I thought, man, this is it. Got out there and looked, and I saw that moon turn blood red. The Lord said, I told you you'd see in April. I said, that's what you were talking about? He said, I, I made the moon turn blood red for you the day my son was murdered for you. So God's tr- he's going like this. Hello. <laughs> he's signaling. <laughs> after that, you got the Bethlehem star. We don't hear a lot of preaching on that, but when Jesus was born, you had Jupiter, Regulus, and Venus come together. The, the Magi rode by camel for 500 miles. I've done motorcycle rides. If I told my buddies, man, there's going to be a light show like you've never seen before in all your life, and about halfway there, they'd be going, this better be the best light show we've ever seen in all of our lives. I know what my buddies would do. They'd hammer me. But you know what? When Jesus was born, the Magi get there, there's Jupiter, king planet. Regulus, regal, king planet. Regulus does retrograde motion, forms a crown on Jupiter. Venus, a mother planet. All three, three of those came together at his birth, signaling to us. What was the constellation? Virgo, because born of a virgin. This last year, NBC Nightly News, we have a celestial event, Jupiter, Regulus, Venus. What was the constellation? Leo, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So, so we got natural signs, heavenly signs. There's so many. On my T-shirt, I put, there, there's 20 signs on the back, and there's 80 signs in the book. I put on the back of the T-shirt, Aerosmith, Stephen Tyler got born again. Listen, when Aerosmith's getting saved, you better lift up your heads. You're about to go to heaven, man. Come on. I'm not kidding. Guess who got him born again? Lenny Kravitz. The guitar player, Lenny Kravitz. Evangelist, Lenny Kravitz. 
You know what he told him? He said, you got, you got money, you got fame, but you don't have peace. Jesus is your peace. I saw the article in Rolling Stone magazine where Stephen Tyler said, I gave my life to Christ. On their CD, two CDs ago, they got one of their songs. Guess what one of their songs are on that CD? Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. <laughs> Miracle music from the 50s. Hallelujah. So we're so privileged. We're so blessed that God got you in a word church to, to show you who you are in Christ. So you could walk in strength and be steadfast and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Because you're, you're looking at the finish line when you see all these signs. I've never seen a runner in a race go, what in the world is that? No, it's the finish line. When, when you train and train and train, you know exactly what the finish line is. But that's kind of what the church has been like. Are, are, we, are we sure it's the finish line? Are you really sure it's it? I'll have people come up to me after going through 80 signs and go, is he really coming back? I'm like, do you need more signs than, than 80? So all the signs are there because he loves you. Think about what God's given you. Think about what things were spoken over your life. Think about the Holy Ghost. God himself in the last days of the church spoke things out right here from this platform about what the Lord would do in your life. So he's told us ahead of time and even in the midst of it, he tries to renew that in your heart and it produces strength. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on. You're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So you've so you got, you got strength to finish your course to do the, the bidding of the Father. So with all of this, we're about to see the king. And guess what? Guess what happens there? There's nothing cooler than getting a glorified body. Never gain weight again. Never get tired again. Come on. The stain of Adam's taken off of us. Glory to God. Just think of never being tired again. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So remember, the rapture's not ending. It's the beginning. So as we hear all these things about how close we are, it gets you more excited about what you'll be doing for the next thousand years. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for, for your word showing us truth about how close we are to Jesus coming to the planet. Father, we're so grateful, so grateful. Thank you for sending Jesus. We have such a spirit of appreciation. We're in awe of you, Lord. We glorify you, magnify you. Thank you for your kindness, Lord, and your goodness. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. I so appreciate you coming. Real quick before we go, is there anyone you've never given your life to the Lord? Maybe you're here. Uh, maybe you're a visitor. You've never heard Pastor Mark preach. Please come back and hear Pastor Mark. But maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. I won't embarrass you, but I'll pray with you. If you're here this morning and you don't know if you'd go to heaven, you can ask him into your heart and you can get saved. Amen. Anyone at all with the uplifted hand, say, that's me. Pray for me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Be a cool birthday on your house in heaven. You have a plaque on your house. You'll walk by and smack that thing. Man, I got saved right before the rapture of the church. Anyone at all. I want to make sure you don't miss anybody. Don't want to miss anybody. Anybody. Never giving your life to the Lord. All right. Praise God. Man, good, good, good. One more invitation. You say, I'm saved. I am going to heaven, but I not had that Pentecostal experience where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're like that here today and you want to do it today, we can pray with you. You can be instantly filled. They'll have a place of prayer for you after the service is over. If you're like that here today and you want to get it, raise your hand. Amen. You can get filled. Good for you, guys. There you go. She's even pulling her hand up. Awesome. Good for you. <laughs> I like that, man. Pulling your hand up. Who else wants to join them to get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Anybody else? Who else wants to join them? Amen. Don't let them do it by themselves. Come on. Do it just mercy filling. Come on. Good for you, buddy. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Good. Good. You'll never be the same. Never be the same. 
Anyone else want to join those four that raised their hand? And there's another one over here. Here we go. Good for you. Awesome, Sif. Wonderful. God bless you. Good. Good, good, good. You'll never be the same. Amen. Who else wants to join those five? Who else wants to join those? You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen in. Anybody else? Praise God. What do we have for them, Bob? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> now, the Lord told us that you'd be endued with power, not weirdness. Power. Amen. Anybody else? Real quick before we go. We'll make sure you don't miss anybody. He wants you to get it. Amen. Thank you for coming today. What a treat and an honor. I know you, you, you're busy. If you can, come back tonight. We'll get into more. We'll get into some cool stuff about what we'll be doing in the next dispensation. And we'll be blessed. Great things ahead for your church. I, and I hear this, you know, there'll be a performance of everything that was told you of the Lord. I mean, even things that, I, I, and this is so funny how this works. Even things that you even told yourself, you know, Lord, I even put that on the shelf where I think that, that's okay if that doesn't happen. You watch, you'll even see those things that you said, that's okay, Lord, if that doesn't happen. He'll, he'll bring all those things to pass. He is extremely faithful. Amen. Let's thank him. Then we'll go. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you, Father, for being so faithful. You're so faithful to us. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Father. Your kindness and your mercy and your goodness forever. Your mercy and your goodness forever. Hey, you know, I had a word of knowledge. This is kind of weird, but I'll call it out and we'll walk off. Uh, I know this is weird. Uh, uh, syphilis. The yeah, symptoms of syphilis. It went into your nervous system. And you're healed. Amen. In Jesus' name. Devil is a liar, pants on fire. You're healed. Amen. Give, give Pastor Mark a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Sure, great to be with you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tonight. Thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. Mm, praise God. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Glory mm. to God. Man, Amen. Man. We learned something this morning. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, the Lord, He's not getting tired. He doesn't grow faint, right? I mean, there's things that are being prepared. He says, as we wait on him, as we're intertwined with him, he renews our strength. Kind of think about that, but you just know if he's not getting tired, he prefaces that. He's not getting tired. He's not getting weary. He said young men will even grow weary and utterly faint trying to live out in their own strength. But when we're intertwined with him, we don't grow weary. We don't faint. It's a great day to just know him so intimately and personally that his life is energizing your life for the day that's, that is upon us, really, and the days that are right ahead of us. And so that ministry that Jesus is coming soon, again, I love, don't you just love the way Brother Joe just brings that revelation? It's not something to hang our head down, but to lift up our head, to look around us and to see the world around us and what's going on and know that we are lights in the midst of darkness, that we're here to bring life to those because the time is short. And so there's divine appointments. There's things set up for you as a believer, for me as a believer. There's times and people, appointments with people that if we're just going, just not thinking about it, we're too busy. But as we wait on Him, as we're led by the Spirit of God, we're going to recognize God is setting up meetings and appointments because of the day that we live in. And so it is, it's an exciting day, not a drudgery. Amen. Just like he said, everything that he said just stirs on the inside of you. This is good news. This is good. This isn't bad news. This is good news. 
right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the Bible says if we're taught the word, we all raise your hand and said, I, I learned something today. If we're taught the word, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. Those things that were imparted to us, they have spiritual substance to them. He brought them. And so, you know, really as you receive that, it'll start to work in you. That knowledge of that. You'll read the news and you'll know Jesus is coming soon. You'll read uh, something that other people go, oh my gosh, did you hear what happened? And you'll be able to say, Jesus is coming soon. It'll stick with you because it's spiritual. It's eternal. And it'll stir something on the inside of you. Even what he said, the promises of God, things that God has said in these last days that you thought might have gone away, God's going to bring back to you, right? And just hearing that, you'll start to think about things God has said to you. So the word that we received is spiritual. It's eternal. It'll go on producing in your life. And so he says, if you understand the value of what was just imparted, what you just heard, that as you receive it, it went down into your spirit. He said, if you understand the value of that, it's no big deal when offering time comes to communicate with the teacher of natural substance because he communicated something of eternal spiritual substance to you. So then we go, wow, what an opportunity to exchange something natural for what I've just received that's eternal. Amen? So we're going to receive an offering. Uh, if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. And if you're giving by text, the number is up there. Praise the Lord. We just want to be a great blessing uh, to Brother Joe as he has brought and, and really blessed us. Things that you can see, you can refer to. Uh, he's got a book table back there. Did you bring that book up there? You want to tell him about your book? Uh, um, um, End times made easy. There's uh, 79 signs in the book. What I really like is I got permission to use Clarence Larkin's charts. I asked him eight times. They turned me down. The last time I told my secretary, email them one more time, and they let me use them. So in the back of the book, you can, you can glance at these charts and tell right where you are. So it's super, super easy to get it. And there's a scratch and sniff page. You can smell what the rapture is going to be like. Awesome. I'm just kidding. No, amen. It'll bless you. <laughs> Uh, end times made easy, and so uh, you have <laughs> right, right. I like that scratch and sniff. I'm sorry. I smell the rapture coming. Um, <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My, my onion offering. Are we all ready? Yes, yes. Um, give me just a minute. Praise the Lord, Father. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you uh, for. What you have done this morning in planting the Word of God in our hearts, bringing uh, Brother Joe to us, a gift in the body, to bring revelation, understanding, uh, expectation, joy concerning the coming, the second coming of Jesus, the rapture of the church, that we might be encouraged, might be encouraged at the time that we live in, significant point in time in history that we've been placed in, and we can rejoice in that. So we thank you. We thank you for that impartation into our hearts. And now we thank you for the opportunity to communicate back, to, to give back of our, our natural substance and be a blessing that this message might go from place to place and all over the world, creating in the body of Christ a great expectation of the days we live in and seeing Jesus again soon. We thank you for that. We praise you, Father. I command the blessings of the Word of God upon each and every one as they give in Jesus' name. Amen.
You can go ahead and pass those buckets. If you raise your hand to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there will be altar workers right up here. Just come up to them and say, I raise my hand for that. Altar workers, just there will be a lot of movement around here. So if you want to just you know, walk them, this is just to go to a place of prayer so that they, there's not a lot of activity. You can focus. You can tell them your desire. Go ahead and take them to the back room there, uh, whoever's up here. And... Uh, then you can hear, you can talk, you can pray with them specifically, not just being up here where people are, are still milling around and leaving. So uh, just a little uh, direction for our altar workers. But if you raised your hand, come up here. Just tell them I raised my hand uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then once everybody comes up, they'll lead you back there and they'll give you a little information. They'll pray with you and you're going to leave empowered by the Spirit of God uh, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, able to speak in other tongues, pray a prayer language before God, endued with power from on high for this this last days. Amen? So they'll be right up here uh, with uh, with you and for you. Uh, to lead you in that prayer. Amen? Why don't you all stand up with me? Let's say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.